I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. We're back for another episode of the Montgomery Companies podcast. And today we have a special guest, a man that I deeply respect, uh, Jeff Woods. Jeff Woods is the co-founder and president of The One Thing and hosts The One Thing podcast, which is in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. One thing that makes this guy special is he has interviewed some of the world's leading experts, top thought leaders, people like Michael Hyatt, Rachel Hollis, Tom Bilyeu, Bruce Buffer. Here's what defines Jeff's success. His association, I feel like his association has determined his destination and he knows it and he's been very purposeful with the people that he's surrounded himself with. He abides by this quote, one of his favorite quotes, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jeff sat out on a mission to surround himself with high-level CEOs and successful entrepreneurs. Fast forward, Jeff went from employee to entrepreneur, launching a company with co-authors of the best-selling book, The One Thing. Jeff has been featured at entrepreneur.com and is on a mission to teach people how to take back control of their time and get clarity on how they want to invest it. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Jordan, absolute pleasure. So our, our audience needs to know this. You made this really intentional decision to join Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Um, for, our, for our audience, if somebody doesn't know Gary Keller, they should know this. Gary Keller is behind Keller Williams Real Estate today, correct me if I'm wrong, largest real estate company in the world, correct? Yeah, number, number one in every category. In 155,000 agents and counting. I think we're up to 200,000 now. 200,000, outdated stat, no big deal. Uh, so you didn't just join like some successful business leaders. You literally joined like the Titans of the real estate industry. And then on top of that, you, since, since you made that move, you've consistently been surrounding yourself with top talent. Uh, again, you've interviewed Tom Bilyeu, Rachel Hollis, Dave Hollis, Michael Hyatt, like the list goes on and on. And you, and you run a top 5% podcast. I, I want to know, number one, you know, what drives this desire to get around the right people. And hmm. then number two, I just love to learn and hear from you. How has that shaped your growth and development? Sure. So prior to co-founding this company, I was in medical device sales, which was great job. Um, but I think like a lot of people, they know what it feels like to wake up being happy doing something, but lacking fulfillment. And that's where I was. But reflecting back on it, Jordan, I didn't have enough pain in my life to compel me to make a change because I was comfortable. And two things happened that changed that. A colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. And I remember my wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County, just had our first child, and my wife decided to become a stay-at-home mom. I was standing in the kitchen reflecting, wondering what would happen to my family if what happened to my colleague had happened to me. And then the next week, my company made a change to my commission structure. And overnight, I lost 40% of my income, which for anybody who has had a devastating job loss or pay cut, which, you know, COVID for a lot of people, that resonates uh, that, that rocked me. And it took our, our bank account almost getting to zero for me to start asking questions that would require me to search past a wall of I don't know. Like, you know, those big questions that you ask yourself and you go, I don't know. So you go and check email. Yeah, that was no longer an option. So I heard the Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with in that moment. And that's when I really started to ask, who are my five? And I didn't say, I don't know. I made the list. And when I looked at the list, I had an immense amount of gratitude because these were amazing people. And I'm going, I always want these people in my life. But I had this aha, which is I knew one day I wanted to wake up owning a big business 
that made a massive impact in the world and delivered real security for my family. And when I looked at the people I actually spent the most time with, I realized I was seeking guidance from people on how to build a business who weren't qualified to give it. And I realized if I wanted to be a business owner, if I wanted to make that impact, if I wanted to have that, that type of security, I had to surround myself with people who had built big businesses that made a big impact that delivered real security. And that started the whole thing. So what do you say to a young entrepreneur or a young leader who's listening, Jeff? And they're like, okay, I get that my environment matters. The people I surround myself with matter. But where do I start? What's like step one? Yes. Step one is getting clarity on what you want because a mentor can serve you best in their area of expertise. It's like you don't go to a real estate investor asking for stock tips. You don't go to, to somebody who's been in the retail space and to ask them how they build the next technology app. You got to first and foremost figure out directionally, where is it that I want to go? And if you don't know, at least pick a direction. Like real, we're getting into real world here. At the time, I thought I wanted to get into commercial real estate investing. Not where I ended up, but that's what I thought at the time. So step one, I picked the direction. And step two, I knew I had to start telling people about it. This was six degrees of separation. So just leveraging the fact that if you can start telling people what you're looking for, that they may not be that person, but they might be able to connect you. And I literally started when I would sit down with people and they'd ask, I'd, I'd start every conversation, what's new? And what do most people say? Not much. Not much. But then they respond by asking, what's new with you? And here was the shift. Instead of saying not much, I started saying, you know what? I actually got clarity that I want to get into commercial real estate investing and I'm looking to surround myself with some successful commercial real estate investors. Zip the mouth. Because th one of three things is happening in that moment, Jordan. They're asking themselves the question, am I that person? And if the answer is no, they're wondering, do I know that person? And if the answer is no, whether they realize it consciously or not, they filed it away in their mind. And as they go through their days, if they were to come across somebody who isn't in that, there might be that light bulb that goes off that says, didn't that guy want to meet somebody like this? And in that moment, they would consider making the introduction. Now, this might sound really airy-fairy and like, yeah, does that really work? True story. Very first time I did this, I sat down with somebody. We were having a conversation. He asked what I, was, what, I, what I was up to. And I told him I was looking to get into real estate and surrounding myself with successful investors. Very first time I had met this guy. And he sat back in his chair and started rocking back and forth. Back and forth. And he went, you know what? Come to my house tomorrow. There's somebody I want you to meet. Now, a little perspective. This guy is a very well-known author. He was a very heavy hitter. I was shocked he was even sitting down with me. I, I was shaking in my boots that he wasn't talking to me. The fact that he was inviting me to his house, I was blown away. And by the way, I lived two hours away. I drove two hours to meet this guy. And I'm going, okay, I got to drive back two hours tomorrow. Yes, I will be there. When I got to his house, he introduced me to this guy. Nothing special about this guy, not dressed well or anything. Come to find out that this dude had done over 10,000 commercial real estate transactions. Wow. And he took a liking to me. You fast forward six months, I got my first opportunity to invest in a building. Because one time awesome. I told somebody what I was looking for. And this, by the way, has happened again and again and again to where I am today. 
one of the things that makes you special is you're really intentional. I picked up on that just in our brief interactions and studying your journey. So you've obviously made a lot of uh, very intentional moves. You, you've said yes to some things, but perhaps what's defined your success more than anything else is the things that you've said no to, Jeff. And I know that you're passionate about mm. what we say no to. And to me, it's like one of the things that makes top performers impressive. It's not necessarily what they say yes to. It's all the things they stay away from. Right. Can you talk about that? Sure. I, I think Steve Jobs is actually a great case study of this. When he came back as CEO of Apple from 97 to 99, he took the company from 350 active projects down to 10. He literally shed 340 initiatives that had already been funded, let alone said no to all the other opportunities. As a result, Apple went on to become one of the most valuable companies in the world. And th this is in the one thing. And, and it's just something that, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. When I had the opportunity to turn this book into a company, I had to start living the one thing. And, and that meant I had to be really clear on what mattered most. And until that was done, everything else is a distraction. Why do we struggle to say no? Unpack it. Because we're not clear on what we should be saying yes to. That simple. Get clear. Yeah. I mean, you, you ready? Most people open their computer and what's the first thing they do? Go to social media? I don't know. What, what do they do? Social media or check email until they, well, they, we used to go to a meeting, but now we hop on a Zoom call until we get off. We realize we have five minutes. So we check Facebook, Facebook or email. And then we get a call and somebody asks, Hey, do you got a minute? And you ever had one of those days, Jordan, where you were really busy and you looked up at the end of the day and you went, I was busy. Did I get anything done? <laughs> That's so good. That, yep. is, that is how the majority of people live. And that's why we say they spend their time, but they don't invest their time. Mm, they good. spend it. They do not invest it. Because when you invest, you have an expectation of a return. On, Most people are living, people are living reactive lives saying yes to the stuff in their inbox, the text messages, the phone calls, the God a minutes, but they're, they're so busy doing the things that, sorry to be blunt, don't actually matter that they don't slow down to ask the question, what does? They are not clear on what they should be saying yes to. I want everybody to hear that again. Most people don't invest their time. They spend it. Uh, Craig Rochelle owns the rights to one of my favorite quotes. He says, uh, there are fewer things more stupid than doing something really well that does not need to be done. And when I think about the essence of the one thing, like that, that's what you're unpacking for people, right? Is like, hey, it's not that you're lazy. It's not that you don't care. It's just that you're, you're doing a bunch of things that don't matter. And as a result, you're not achieving the results that you should achieve. Correct. And the, the thing that's missing is asking the question. Like if we look at the back cover of the one thing, it's a big question mark. The journey of the one thing is not an answer. It's a question. It's a journey of asking big questions and searching for those answers. The challenge is our, we were not taught as kids in school to ask questions. We were taught to have the answers. We were taught to memorize. Yet, as an adult, in, as, as a professional, when we encounter challenges, it's not about having the answers. It's about asking questions that stretch us to think. We have to search for those answers. That's what the whole journey is about.
So I love this question that you pose at the one thing, and I know that you talk about this often. There's this question, what is the one thing you could do such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary? Tell us about that question. This was back when Gary Keller was trying to grow Keller Williams. Um, he, he was really struggling to get the lift that he wanted. And every week he'd sit down with his top leaders just to review what their priorities were. And they'd, they'd present the list and they'd agree on it. And he'd say, great, go be successful. And week after week after week, they'd come back accomplishing numbers three, four, and five, but not one and two. And Gary started asking, if you could only accomplish three things, what would it be? Next week they came back, two and three were done, but not number one. And so he narrowed it down. If you could only accomplish two things this week, what would it be? They'd come back the next week, number two would be done, but not number one. And it was actually out of frustration that he blurted out, what's the one thing you can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And when he started challenging people to identify that lead domino, not everything that's on your plate, but just like dominoes, you know, the best way to knock them all down is to line them up and whack away at the first one first. If they could just have clarity on what that one thing was, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And the company exploded. Give us some examples. There's, there's a lot of case studies, right? You've done a lot of research on companies that have focused on one thing. Like they have their one thing. They've gotten really clear. Sure. Tell us about well, that. Well, I think one of the greatest myths, the, the first thing that even I hear it when, when you asked it is, but I have more than one thing. Folks, we all do. We are not submitting to you that you can only have one thing or that you only do one thing. Extraordinary success is sequential, not simultaneous. It's just one thing at a time versus everything at the same time. And people are going, oh, that makes sense. Yet if I challenged you to think about how you move through your day, most people treat it like it's simultaneous. While they're on the phone, their email is opened and notifications enabled. Then they yes. go to the meeting and they're hearing text messages. Like they, they, while they don't consciously do this, they unconsciously tell the world that they are responsive to the channel of email, to the channel of social media, to the channel of Slack, phone calls all the time. And they bounce from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and they undermine the very productivity that they seek. But what about balance? So I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman. I've, I, you know, I've got a family. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to maintain some balance, and you say balance is a myth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lie. I mean, if I, if, you, if I asked everybody, if you weren't driving to stand up and balance on one foot, are you balanced or are you balancing? Balanced is a state. Balancing is an action. And the thing that work-life balance is a lie because it doesn't exist. There's no, it's not 50-50. It's not even. But Gary said it really well. Working long hours is cheating. And, and when he said this, it, it really rocked me because I had been raised in a culture and listened to certain podcast hosts who talked about how you need to hustle more. You need to grind. You just need to work longer. You just need to outwork your competition. And it's BS because you can do the wrong activities. And if you work long enough, if you work hard enough, you can muscle your way to a result, but you cheat yourself out of what it means to live a life. 
And here's what we've observed from whether it's an individual we've worked with to, I mean, we, I, we walk into some of the largest companies in the world to help them make this part of their culture. We see most people spending their work hours in email meetings and saying yes to God a minutes. Then they go home and when they're sitting on the couch with their family, they're checking their email. And when they should be going to bed, they're finally going into the wee hours of the night, getting the things done that matter. That's a life of regret, folks. That, uh, that, I'm, I'm going to underscore that again. Working long hours is cheating. How many people need to hear that? Uh-huh. So let's flip it. So what's the opportunity? What choices do we have? If you want to live an extraordinary life, it means you have to be as efficient and as effective as possible during the hours that you work. And at a pre-prescribed time, shut it down and you go and you live your life. And this is, I learned this the hard way, Jordan. I mean, my very, when I got hired, I was told I had to be able to demonstrate I could do three things in 90 days or I was fired. Which, by the way, that's what we call a job description. The two to three things you have to do exceptionally well or you're fired. Not everything These are the two to three things that matter most. And if you can't do these things, these 20% things that generate 80% of your results, you are fired. I had to prove I could cast a vision for the company. I had to drive $100,000 out of thin air. And I had to prove that I could recruit talent. In that order, that order of priority. So we start with which number? Numero uno, cast the vision. I had to... I I remember walking into the boardroom and I handed Gary and Jay each a copy of my GPS, which is what we call a one-page business plan. It stands for goals, priorities, and strategies. And on it, it was the goal at the top and then there were three priorities. We started talking about priority number one. I remember Gary and Jay asking a bunch of questions. I'm going, oh yeah, we're in a rhythm. I'm answering, I'm going, are we good? They said, yeah. And so I started talking about number two. I remember Gary going back and asking more questions about number one and thinking, Oh, he must've forgotten. Let me just handle those really quick. You good, Gary? Yeah. Okay. And I went back to number two and started talking about number three. Then Jordan, he asked more questions about number one. And it was in that moment that for, for those of you that have seen meet the parents, I felt like I was not in the circle of trust. Why does he keep going back to number one? I did the best I could. I answered the questions. I said, are we good? He said, yeah. And so I started talking about number three and after about 10 seconds, he stopped me and he asked, Jeff, do you need to do number three in order to do number two? I said, no. Mm. He asked, do you need to do number two in order to do number one? I said, no. Then he said, okay, do me a favor, draw a line between number one and number two. And he waited while I drew the line and he said, actually, even better, Rip the page in half. I kid you not, Jordan. He waited while I ripped my business plan in half. And then he said something that truly changed the way I view time. He said, don't even think about number two or number three until you've earned the right to by mastering number one. We go through our days majoring in the minors. We work long hours checking email, sitting in meetings, saying yes to God a minutes without actually being clear on what the one thing is or actually focusing on it. We spend a majority of our life majoring in the minors. That's a convicting statement. 
Like you said that, and I'm sitting here going, yep, been there. And anybody that says they haven't been there is full of it, right? Because we've all been there. In some area of our life. Some area of our life. Yeah. That's right. And by the way, there's no judgment. I speak in a direct tone just to, to, to wake people up. And it's not your fault. You weren't trained this way, but this is what I respect about you, Jordan, and your audience is you're the type of people that are in search for more. That's why you're listening to this. So now you actually have the choice. Now that you are aware of it, will you do something about it? From here on out, you are now accountable. Appreciate that bold message, brother. And, and one of the things too that I appreciate about your mission and the mission of the one thing is it goes beyond business. You know, I mm. think so many people uh, would receive the art of efficiency and have it a singularity of purpose and say, yeah, you know, I, I want to be more efficient in my business. But actually, much of your mission is to help people in their personal lives. Um, I know that you're really passionate about marriage and uh, family. Could you spend some time just talking about your initiatives right now, helping people in, sure. in those spaces? Well, the truth is none of us are going to get on our deathbed and think like, I wish I had driven X number amount of more sales. I wish I had gotten one more meeting or email taken care of. We're going to think about the people that matter and the experiences that were shared. And Gary has always just said, he's like, first thing he does every year when he plans his time, and we do this with our couples goal setting retreat, is we have people with their their planners out for the year and block their vacations, whether they know where they're going or not. Because Gary's mindset is, I'm going to block my vacations and I'm just going to work in between vacation. Whether I know where I'm going or not, I, can all, I, I know I'm going to need the time at some points and I can always take the time back. But the reverse is not true. And, and I'll tell you, I've been on my own journey with this, but this is the first year where I can confidently say, I'm a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family. And it really comes down to your activities and how they line up. And it's why from us, the very first thing we started as a virtual training company, but when we started facilitating events, the very first one we did was a couple's goal setting retreat. My partner, Jay, for gosh, we're going on 15 years now, every year, he and his wife, Wendy would hire a babysitter, escape their normal environment and actually sit down and set their goals together. Because while probably most people who listening us have set goals, they haven't they don't have a, a simple way to set them with the people who are vital to their success. And we wonder why we set goals and don't feel the support from those people. It's because we never enlisted them in the process. And so much becomes possible when you can do it, but all these limiting beliefs pop up. Like what if our goals aren't the same or, or what if we're growing apart? And the truth is it's actually not about having the same goals. It's just about having insight into what each other's goals are so you can be a support and a force for them achieving their goals. So that's something we facilitate every single year. I think it's one of the best things we do. It's so interesting to me. So many people know that your association determines your destination. We know that the five people that we surround ourselves with shapes our reality. Ed Milet says it this way. He says, your environmental game drives your mental game mm. and your mental game drives everything else in your life. Um, what's the science behind that? Like the transfer of energy, the thoughts, the ideas, the accountability in your mind, if you were to sum it up, Jeff, what, what's the science behind that? Ask that one more time. So the, the, the science behind, you know, and you're, you're just a living example of this, right? I mean, one of the things that's been a hallmark of your success is the people that you've spent time with, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, you literally have a front row seat to a 
a juggernaut titan in the real estate business. Uh, you've interviewed all of these really fascinating people. Sure. And you've changed, right? I mean, it's completely changed your life. What's, what's the science to that? Well, let's put it this way. Um, the science is not my expertise. I can speak anecdotally to it because you, there's no doubt. Like when you hang around people who dress a certain way, you start to dress because you want to fit in. When you hang around people who have certain hobbies, you, you, you take an interest in that. But, uh, you know, some I can't point to is, is BJ Fogg, who is a professor out of Stanford. I'm interviewing him coming up this, this month, but he's a thought leader in the, in the habit formation space. But when, he, when we look at his behavior model, how we change our behavior there are three major factors. There's the prompt for the behavior. There's our ability to do the behavior. And there's the motivation to do the behavior. And if we look at why your environment and specifically the people matter so much, they prompt you to think, behave, think and behave a certain way. And then based on your ability, they also provide that motivation. So they have a massive impact on how you behave and how you show up in the world. So good. We could spend another hour on that one subject matter. Very confident of that. Oh yeah. And, and I want to circle back and just highlight one more thing. You said so uh, eloquently earlier that was so impactful. I am a family man with a business. I'm not a businessman with a family. And I think about priorities and the order of loves in your life, Jeff, that are so evident. Um, man, that's the one thing, right? That, that's what it's about is getting your time back and being able to invest it, not spend it, but invest it in the people that you care so much about. Um, I want to ask you this really big question. Uh, I've got just a few more, but uh, this, is a, this is a big one. Um, I'm a leader listening. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is great stuff, but I'm trying to figure out how I incorporate this stuff in my business with my team. Like, where do I start? What does that look like? How do I implement? All leadership begins with self-leadership. And as a leader, you cast a shadow. So it can start with as simple as you asking, what's my one thing today? Literally, whether you figure it out or not, just asking the question and forming a habit around asking it, you will eventually figure out out of all the stuff that's on my plate today, what's number one? And if you know what your one thing is, guess what you're going to start doing? Your one thing. And when you start doing that, you might then turn around and start asking your people, what's your one thing? Which that's going to shock them because they're going to go, wait, you're not going to tell me what to do? No, because leadership is teaching people how to think so they can get what they need when they need it. You don't teach people to think by telling them to do. You teach them to think by asking them questions so they think for themselves so you can coach them how to get to the next level. So from a high level, starts with you. But then you have to realize you have to bring models into place. How do, how do I take proven models to ensure that people know what the one thing of the organization is? They know what the priorities are in what order what to do when priorities change. What do I do if I have a one thing and you have a one thing and they might be different. So these are all things. If you guys go to the one thing.com and click on the training page, you'll see stuff around corporate, but it's very simple to bring it in. Full transparency. Simple does not mean easy, but it is simple and it does scale. Uh, moving from E to P part of what you're just talking about there. One yeah, of the best parts of the book, go deeper. It's one of the three commitments. There are three commitments you have to make if you want to live an extraordinary life. You have to make the commitment to following the path of mastery, always pushing to be better. You have to commit to moving from E to P, moving from being entrepreneurial to being purposeful. 
And I'll touch on that in a second. And the final one is you have to commit to uh, living the accountability cycle. When things don't go your way, you ask, what could I do better? A lot of people wake up every day and do the best that they can do. But I remember hearing Gary ask a question, are you doing the best that you could do? Or are you doing the best that can be done? Frankly, the best that you can do is irrelevant because it's reinventing the wheel. What the most successful people do is they stop relying on their natural ability, which by the way, means you're going to hit a ceiling of achievement. You recognize anytime you're hitting a ceiling in a ceiling of achievement, you need to get purposeful. You need to look out and look for models, proven ways of doing it the best that can be done and following that model. Cause when it happens, you shatter that ceiling of achievement. That's all it means. Stop doing what comes naturally and instead look for examples of the best that can be done and start behaving in that way, which is exactly why those five people are so freaking important. I love that. Um, you know, James Clear, your guy, James Clear says, goals are great for setting a direction. Systems are best for making progress. Uh, so much truth in that statement. You've referenced time blocking now a couple times. I can't let you go without asking you about time blocking. I'm sure. going to tell our audience, if you want to know more, you just got to pick up the book. Uh, so much of what you're talking about, I mean, we're, we're going like an inch deep um, because we don't have a lot of time. So they just need to read the book. But um, if you were going to paraphrase, tell us a little bit about why time blocking is so important to you. Time blocking is scheduling time with yourself for what's most important. Most people are great at scheduling appointments with other people for the meetings that they got invited to for their doctors or, you know, whatnot. They're not great though at saying what really matters most that I can drive and putting that in the planner or the digital calendar and protecting it. Think of it like a 20% big rock. And if you imagine this big, massive boulder in the middle of a river, when the water hit it, what would it do? Go around it. Right. That's what time blocking is. Place your big rocks, the things that matter most, those 20% priorities that generate 80% of your results, place those in the planner and in the digital calendar and make everything else flow around it, which is counterintuitive. Well, it makes perfect sense, but it's not how people live. Most people say, let me get all the stuff done so I can free up time to get to that which is what they're really saying is, let me do all the stuff that doesn't matter so I can hopefully have time to do the thing that matters most. And it's backwards. You're like a walking encyclopedia of like quotes and strategy. And I, I, I want to go back to, I mean, it's, it's obvious, Jeff, that you spend time with just brilliant thought leaders, right? Like I, you invest, just use, I invest time with you, brilliant You invest time. Thank you. You invest time with thought leaders. Um, I like to ask people, anybody who's ever spent invested significant time with a thought leader, uh, significant time. I love to ask him, like, what are the things that you're learning, right? So like, if I could sit down with Scotty Pippen, I'd have a lot of questions for him. One of them would most definitely be, what was it like to hang out with Michael Jordan? And in your space, in a certain space, in the real estate space, you've been a, you've been a Scotty Pippen, right? Or a Steve Kerr, however you want to define that. Like, you've been close to somebody who's done it at the highest level. I want to know if you could break it down, like what are one or two things, you've already shared a bunch, but one or two lessons that maybe you haven't shared that have been really important to you that you've learned from Gary Keller. What would those lessons be? First was the, 
why everything does not matter equally, which was that story about my business plan. That was in that moment, Jordan, I realized I, I had been, it felt like I had been living my entire life in black and white and never knew it. And I suddenly saw color for the first time. Cause suddenly I understood that there is a number one priority and then there's everything else. If we, if I, if I put you on FaceTime and walked into Gary's office, he has this piece of paper that's been on his desk for over a decade that says until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. And I've, I remember sharing that with somebody once and they said, well, he gets to do that because he's Gary Keller. And I said, is that the truth or is he Gary Keller because he does that? Oh, that's good. I mean, he's a self-made billionaire as a result of behaving that way. So that's hands down number one. Uh, dude, if I can only share one thing, that's it. That's it. It's gold. So much gold in what you just shared. Our, our audience is better off having spent time with you today. And I know we got a bunch of people that want to know how they can get more of Jeff Woods into one thing. Sure. Um, well, I want to know how I get more of Jeff Woods into one thing. I'm like, how do I extend this time? Like, could I get, you know, you, you just text me. Um, the, <laughs> I appreciate well, you guys that. are already listening to a podcast. So are. click the search button and then type in the one thing, the one thing. And that's all spelled out. The O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G. Uh, the website is the one thing, but it's with the number one instead of being all spelled out. So the number one thing.com. And for those of you, if you have a significant other, the, the highest value we can bring to you is, is our couple's goal setting retreat. This has saved marriages. It changes marriages. And, and we actually have a series this year since it's virtual that we have one weekend where we are focusing specifically on couples. And the following weekend, we're doing one for individuals and teams. That's at the one thing.com slash set my goals. And for those of you, if you're a leader in a company or, and you're going, okay, how do I actually make this part of my culture? head over to the one thing.com slash training and under the corporate section, just opt into one of those, one of those options. And it flows to me anyways. And I'd, I'd love to have a connection with you. Awesome, man. I know that we'll have listeners uh, that flock toward you after the interview. I'm already trying to think about how do I get more time with Jeff? How do I learn from you? Um, just do another I, episode, man. Just do man, I, I, I do just want to say thank you for your time. And, and in the spirit of being really intentional, I mean, um, getting time with you is interesting, right? Like you've got time blocks, you've got certain times where you do certain things. And Friday afternoon is like your, your podcasting window. Dude, um, so let's, you should dive into that. There's a lot there. Yeah, I, I want to. I mean, I want to know more. I'm like, I, that, that's really interesting to me. You know, Nikki's like, here's when Jeff will do this. Here's when he will not do this. And you know, if, if you try to move that, he won't move that. So, um, you know, there, there's stuff right there that I, that I could learn from you. Well, most people say yes to any white space on their calendar because they're not clear on what they should really be saying yes to. I'm clear that as a family man first and as a business owner second, I only work so many hours a day or a week. So I say yes to my family. And during the hours that I work, I need to be as efficient and as effective as possible. And based on my role as the president of the company, there are specific priorities that I have around driving business and our corporate partnerships and whatnot. And as an ambassador of the brand, I do need to say yes to opportunities like this to come on and have chats with great people like yourself, Jordan. And I can only do it so many times. So instead of reinventing the wheel every week on, well, what days am I going to do? And am I going to track it? I just have set days a month where I will say yes to 
podcast interviews. And if it can fit into it, awesome. If not, then it gets pushed to the next month or the next month or the next month or never. You're a man that uh, walks the talk. You talk about all this stuff, but then you got to go live it, right? And you said it earlier, the most difficult part of leadership is leading yourself. Mm. And so you talk it, but you walk it. Mark Batterson said this. I think this will resonate with you. It certainly did with me. He said, our goal in life should be that we are respected most by people that know us the best. Mm. And I think about your family, Jeff, and the people that you've prioritized. You're, sitting, you're setting yourself up to be respected most by people that know you the best. And uh, I just want to say thanks for your example. Yeah, man. That means a lot. Thank you. Listen, you're behind a juggernaut that is moving really fast. Uh, the One Thing Podcast is a top 5% five po five podcast in the world. You've interviewed some of the most incredible thought leaders. You literally sit at the feet of a giant, a billionaire, who's the leading expert in real estate. You've done so much great work on your own. And I have a feeling for Jeff Woods, the best is yet to come. So for me to say it is a tremendous honor will be an understatement. I'm just thankful to have spent time with you today. Awesome, Jordan. Pleasure is absolutely mine. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, with our producer, John Choate. And we just wanted to give you our heartfelt thanks for subscribing, for following, and we look forward to bringing you more great content soon. Big shout out to Jeff Woods. Jeff, thanks for being who you are as you lead so many across our great country in the world of productivity and performance. Until next time, be well.